Why does our world seem so messed up when we look out there and we see the wars and the deception and the greed and the power over and the struggle? Well, today's guest has a theory. It's Venus Envy. Our guest is Gary Stewart. He's a five-time best-selling author. He's 25 years facilitator of Constellation Healing, and his new book is Venus Envy, Busting the Male Misogyny Myth. Join us to find out more. Soul Nectar Show, the Soul Nectar Show. You're invited, delighted to discover who you are. Anything is possible if you believe. So join us on this beautiful journey. Soul Nectar Show, Soul Nectar Show. Well, hello and welcome to another session of Soul Nectar Show, that show where we talk about all things essence, where we gather around the campfire and we share our stories of connection to that which is greater than us, to the big mystery beyond the veil, to those synchronistic moments that lead us inexorably towards a deeper understanding of ourselves and the world and the world that our ancestors have brought us into. And I'm your host, Carrie Hummingbird, and I love having these conversations week after week and exploring how we can transition, transform, transmute the energies of the past as we step forward every single day with new choices and decisions that end up creating new earth and that we are creating that in every single moment with every choice, every thought, every word expressed. And we are here witnessing the the creations of the past and making choices about what we want to create for the future and planting those seeds of love for the future of new earth. And this is a great topic this week. Uh, My friend uh, Gary Stewart is with us to help us discuss this uh, really big topic, but I loved it when Gary proposed to me his new book, which uh, came out in 2023 with the idea of Venus envy. You know, I think we've all heard the other phrase with the masculine (laughs) (laughs) PE, envy. you know, and so maybe it's not about that at all. Maybe it's not about being envious of the masculine. Maybe a lot of these things that women face in our culture today and have faced for thousands of years is actually because of Venus envy. And uh, we're going to have a great conversation today. Gary, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you so much. I'm thrilled to be uh, speaking with you again. So grateful that you're here. And let me tell you guys a little bit about Gary. So Gary Stewart is, besides being a total ham, he is a five-time best-selling author. Uh, Like I said, Venus Envy, Busting the Male Misogyny Myth is his latest book. And he's also got lots of other best-selling books, including Ancestral Intelligence, which is a book that documents the gift of life we all inherited with the wisdom and knowledge of our ancestors And he's also got many other books, Quantum Activation. If you go up on Amazon, you'll find tons of books by Gary, and it's really beautiful. He's also a world-class speaker and facilitator of over 25 years facilitating constellation healing. And so we're going to talk a little bit also about constellation healing today and how that can help transform your life and transform the things that you're experiencing that were, you know, a part of this Venus Envy conversation. So he's located now in Arizona and uh, leads healing groups there as well as in California. And so if you're interested in that, you'll get information in the show notes. So Gary, 
I've known yes. you for so long. Gary was even a contributor to my book, The Second Wave, which has been on the charts for 233 weeks now internationally. Wow. And that's as of, you know, the end of January, 2024. So if you're listening to this long after that, it could be even greater than that. You're really here for the time to come. And yes, absolutely. Tell us a little bit about you before we get into this latest book. Like, why are you so passionate about constellation healing and, and ancestral yeah. healing and all of these things and historical healing? Why are you so passionate about well, that? I think because I had a less than perfect childhood, number one, and I didn't realize like 50 years ago when I was, yeah, it's 2024. So when I was about 23 years old, 50 years ago, I knew something wasn't right. You know, my friends were drinking and it was, you know, the party time in your 20s. I said, something's not right here. I don't feel right inside. Drinking doesn't do it. Back then it was the 70s, so drugs were popular. And I said, nothing just feels right. And I said, okay, I'm not going to drink or party with my friends. And I'm going to see who calls me to be with me or do something. Nobody. And then uh, luckily, John Lennon, I mean, who I was a huge Beatles fan, and John was like my favorite. And he was on Mike Douglas saying, hey, Yoko and I are doing primal therapy on national TV. He said it, and I caught it. And I said, oh, my God, let me check this out. Then I bought the book by Arthur Janoff, who I met in L.A. before he died, by the way. And I thanked him for having a good life because of his healing work, you know. And I did it for eight years, fully committed. I got my childhood rage out. And it was just step-by-step step in my healing process. And now I'm 72. So it's been quite a quite a long haul of healing. And I didn't think that was my fate this lifetime, but that's certainly what I've spent my energy on. And of course, it's not about me. It's about passing on the wisdom and knowledge to other people who are hurting or need help or a different perspective on what they went through. Yeah, that's really powerful. And when we enter this realm of alternative healing, which one day will be primary healing, yes, absolutely. but we're in a strange construct right now that yeah. tries to identify authorities in this that you're supposed to surrender all of your will to. But like when we finally realize that the power is in our own hands, literally in our own bodies, in our own DNA to heal ourselves, you know, that's a really transformative moment. Absolutely. It takes a lot of courage to step into that new truth. Mm hmm. And the longer I do this, I find, in a way, and I was going to sound kind of bizarre, but I love to push the envelope, is the most addictive substance mankind is actually trauma, not letting go of trauma. And what I try to do is find the gift. The older I get now, doing this for 26 years this year, is what is the gifts that we were given from the trauma? Was I given from my trauma tenacity, courage, fearlessness? a fire that nothing could squash it out, even my own family system. And so there's, there's secondary traits that you get from having the strength to experience the trauma. And, you know, like Oprah had tremendous trauma, uh, even though she's in the billionaires club right now. But before all that, it's like, would Oprah be Oprah if she didn't have those challenging events as a child to spiritually evolve beyond the pain and suffering? So I try to guide people like, let's leave the past in the past. Let's complete it now so you can take all that energy or all that angst and build a future you want to live in and pass that on. If you're a parent, you can pass that on to your children. That's why I wrote the book, Raising Your Harmonious Child. Everything you do today will have a hundred year repercussion in the future. So what do you want to be known for when you become an ancestor? Oh, they were terrible. They were this, they were that. Where they say, oh, my God, I had the best childhood possible. Oh, my God, they nurtured me. They gave me curiosity. I can't wait to share that with my kids 
who are going to be alive in 2200, 2100. So the seeds of 2100 are already planted now in the children of today. I love that you're saying that because this is indigenous wisdom as well, yeah. which is oh, absolutely yeah. planning seven generations in the future, yeah. you know, looking absolutely. ahead seven generations and dreaming the future into being for absolutely. our kids, you know, for our grandkids yeah. and our children's children. And this is a shift in consciousness for many people, especially in Western capitalistic countries yes. where we think about the next minute. I know, yeah. <laughs> Or the you next know, product. Or they're the like, what? Habitat. Think ahead. I can't think ahead five years. What are you talking about? Seven generations. Right. Exactly. You want me to be that consciously responsible? Uh-huh. What? Absolutely. Yes, we do. <laughs> Actually. Yeah, so your audience know constellations are really modern day shamanism. If you look at the core of shamanism, the medicine man or woman would go into the spirit realm to see what was missing and bring that back to the person who was suffering. Constellations is the same thing. We're going into this metaphysical realm saying, oh, there's, oh, grief is the thing from three generations ago that the the client, the great-grandchild is suffering from an event that happened three generations ago that's being carried downstream. And even Bert Hallinger, the developer that said that, he said, it's really shamanism updated for the 21st century. Yeah, so Constellation Healings is really interesting because it deals with the archetypal energies as well as their expressions in our specific ancestors. And it also holds the truth that everything from our ancestry is part of our own body through the ancestral DNA. So, you know, if you're living today and you're finding yourself in a relationship where you have a hard time opening your heart or being intimate or vulnerable, you might find out that that's not you. That's actually Mm -hmm. experiences of trauma from four or five generations ago. Or if you're a woman, it could be all the women that ever lived before you for the last thousands of years have like built in fear about opening yourself in this way to another person and have biases and judgments and traumas that haven't been healed. Right. Mm-hmm. And one, one insight I get that's a monkey wrench in people's belief system is what if you could see your family system did everything right? Because if they didn't, they wouldn't have survived we wouldn't be here today. So we tend to celebrate or focus on what's wrong with the family. And I'm not saying any of these families are perfect. I've had people, you know, incested, cigarette burned, strangled, you name it. I've had tortured childhoods and my own wasn't that great either. But what if they were doing their best and we are here because they survived a Holocaust, a famine, severe child abuse in their own life by the grandparents or great-grandparents, So can we see the good in what we did get rather than throw the old saying, throwing the baby out with the bathwater? That requires us to see the the bigger arc, right? The bigger picture, which is the evolution of human consciousness. Absolutely. You know, and so our ancestors were probably us, by the way. So there's also that. But, you know, we were here on this planet in other lifetimes at lower levels of human consciousness having experiences, right, that opened us up to realizations, because this is an experiential plane of being, where the only way we can know that rape is a bad thing is by perpetrating it or experiencing it. We don't necessarily know that until we have the experience. And so we have these soul agreements with other souls to Mm -hmm. go through these horrendous experiences, some of them horrendous, some of them fantastic, You have an embodied experience of that so that we know what we're talking about, which is called wisdom. Absolutely. And just to be able to frame it in the larger context, so many people are myopic, you know, trauma, 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 you know, they're so focused on that. And I I was working with somebody the other day, he had a, a breakup with somebody about four years ago. 
She happened to be a married woman and his boss. And he said he was in love with her during a business meeting. Not the best thing to do. And then, of course, he got fired. But I said, how long are you going to hold on to this trauma? You made a mistake. You took a chance. She was actually in tears when she said it. So I don't know if she had feelings for him. But I said, okay, it's been four years. Can you let this go? How is another woman going to come to you if you're so obsessed by a woman from another state that actually the gift of that, because he got fired, he has a dream job at Costco now doing uh, cyber attack stuff for the entire world's Costco and IT. If that event didn't happen, he would have never had this opportunity to have the dream career come true. So there was a blessing in the alleged curse of the breakup professionally that led to him being a tremendous success professionally in the next occupation, well, same occupation, just a better company. Yeah. And I think a lot of people that understand our conversation that we're talking yeah. about right now, spiritual people would then though really judge what they see in the world, right? Because we're seeing horrendous things happening in the world today. And, and I, it's hard to watch these things that are going on. Yeah. Let's just say yeah. this is horrendous. It's really difficult to watch it. But there's also this voice inside of me that says, Carrie, you went through that phase as a soul. You also went through that dark phase. You went through that reptilian brain phase of your soul development. You went through that limbic brain phase of your soul development. And now that you're in the corpus callosum, don't look back judging like people that are still learning their reptilian and limbic brain lessons. It's so easy to sit here and judge from this state, right? Right. That is actually also not being very woke. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And the other thing is just to allow people their own time and space to evolve. They have to go through that, let's say, earthly experience. I look at it, the human consciousness. When you look at all the ugliness in the world, there's, you know, the ancients called it walking in beauty, Native Americans, but we're looking at the ugliness. So I wonder if there's tremendous beauty coming after all the ugliness. And it's a your mom. And when a woman's in labor giving birth, it's like the most painful thing in the world. I can't even imagine what it feels like. It's the most painful. And then when that baby's laying on your chest, you're there, all the pain turns to joy. So I think human consciousness is in the stage of rebirthing or rebirthing on a grand scale, like 8 billion births happening simultaneously. Then all of a sudden, all the pain and insanity is going to say, oh my God, we're here. This is all a gift. Oh my God, we're in paradise. Let's make it more of a paradise. Rather than the, as you were talking about the reptilian, which is fear, hold on tight, tight, tight. Well, the tighter you hold, it all sneaks through. Hitler thought he could control the world, but consciousness was greater than Nazis. And boom, he fell and consciousness rose for our whole species. Was that his job to show us that enlightenment through a negative prism? So it all fits together somehow. I always try to figure out how, what, why, when, where, and what the reaction will be in the future. Yeah. And so when you were writing this book, Venus Envy, it's yes. also kind of like shadow work for me. Is, yeah. This is shadow work. And shadow work for me is taking a look at the things that we personally find challenging, that we judge, that we shame, that we blame, that we guilt, that we wish we wasn't that way, or like it makes us feel pained in our bodies. Mm-hmm. But when we look at those things is actually reclaiming a part of ourselves that we have disowned that engaged yeah. in those activities in previous lives. So we're here to reclaim ourselves like in total totality, right? And that's why we do shadow work is so we can yeah. find the places that were triggered. Yeah. And also find the gift. You know, I have one woman I was working with. So constellations, we look at past traumas and pain. And I was working with a a woman, a Mexican woman in Calgary, and her great-grandmother 
was raped in the rectory at Sunday school by the priest, the head priest in Mexico, Mexican Catholic, mind you. So I said, here's the conundrum. Would the client be here in this human body now if that event didn't happen? Did that little 13-year-old girl going to Sunday school realize she'd become a great-grandmother after that event? So if we can step away from our judgments, I'm not endorsing sex abuse in any church or any child. But what I'm saying is that event happened. It set life moving forward in the most bizarre way possible. And now that that little child become a great grandmother and that her great granddaughter came to me and seeking help, blah, blah, blah. So ironically, the resolution I had as a representative for the priest missing father in the family system is to imagine a big cross and him saying, forgive me, father, I have sinned. Yeah. And it's funny how you can do this by proxy too. This is what happens in so much constellation healing is that you are by proxy allowing the conversation to take place that never happened. Right. Exactly. And there's tremendous healing in that. What if I'm doing it for 26 years, I don't have to reenact 20 reps. Reps would be people in the workshop who represented grandmother, great-grandmother, dead uncle, whatever it is. I can just verbally state it now and the vibration of the truth being stated. You feel it permeate the whole room because it never got to be overtly stated. It always like, shame, silence, don't say anything. People will think we're perverts, whatever the case may be. But I find when you just give the, the vibration of the human voice or I tap into the deeper truth that's showing itself... That's all you have to do. Everyone feels it in the room and it's like, ah, the secret's gone. You know, one meme I did a while ago was the truth has never killed anyone. It's the secrets that do all the destruction. Yeah. And it's the, it's the trying to hide all that, yeah, right? Yeah. It's living in a lie that causes more pain. You know, I actually had an incident like this the other day, Gary. My son has got some kind of thing going on with this woman. He was delivering pizza for Domino's and this woman stopped in front of him abruptly and ended up hitting her bumper. Ooh. You know, so it should be resolved fairly quickly, right? Because yeah. it's a pretty minor thing. But no, she's turned it into this big thing because she's, this is the word that insurance used, opportunistic. And I was like this, but she's opportunistic. She's lying. You know, right. she's trying to get more than she's due. Because she feels whatever she can, she can lie and deceive and claim more than she's due. And I was like, this is so aggravating to me, right? Because there's a part of me that must have done this in a past life or taken advantage or been opportunistic Mm -hmm. and lied. And I just hate that part, you know? So I actually found myself saying, gosh, I feel so bad for her. And then I stopped and I said, why would I make myself feel bad for her choice to lie? That doesn't seem right. So I had to reverse my language and go, no, 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 no. I feel good because I tell the truth. Like I feel good because I speak the truth. And so also we take it on, don't we? Like unconsciously, we find ourselves taking on the pain and suffering of other people. But, you know, like it makes me feel this way instead of going, wait a second, I don't have to change my, I don't, why would I use my word? to cause my own self-suffering because of someone else's lesson in their soul curriculum, right? Right. So it's all these boundaries get erected. It's like, oh, no, 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 no. I see that now. I'm not going to use the word against myself. Yeah, yeah. But we've been doing this in our family system for generations. Look at what's going on globally. Almost every politician, every organization is lying for profit. When you really look at it, why do people have to lie for money? And that's what I see about all the corruption in the world right now with almost every government. And hopefully those systems will fall away and be replaced by honesty and integrity, which is so needed right now. 
and really is sincere life affirming stuff rather than I feel like, you know, Earth's kind of experiencing a death cult right now. And they're pretending that they have the truth when the bigger truth is they're out of harmony with the universe. You know what I mean? And um, I'm very hopeful it's going to turn in our favor because the lies aren't real, but people feel they gain something. But then again, I think it's the reptilian consciousness. It's the mm-hmm. fear. I have to lie. I don't have enough. If I lie, I'll make more money. You know, I was shocked. I get Forbes magazine. I like to study what the perpetrators and billionaires do. Not that all billionaires are perpetrators. But when I looked at the January 2022 issue, every billionaire during the lockdown doubled their billions. If they were 60 billion, they were 120 billion. If they were 100 billion, they had 200 billion. So how could the whole planet suffer for two years of the lockdown, but yet the billionaires doubled all their fortunes? So it makes you wonder, wow. You know, and of course, you know, people say, oh, you're a conspiracy theorist. That's Forbes magazine, hardly a conspiracy magazine. You just look at the numbers. It says last year it has in red and the value this year. And it just was so befuddling to see that it, it was an accident that and I look at for people to make that kind of money while the whole world suffered is a different agenda than what we were told, so to speak. I personally know that some people who created ways of sharing prosperity and prayer by creating gifting circles, then yeah. that became illegal because yeah. that was the yeah. only way they could support each other right. during the, the lockdown. But then yeah. that wasn't congruent with what the system wants to happen. And so like this whole upside down world, I call it upside down world. It's, it's everybody perfect. thinks it's right side up is completely upside yeah. down. Absolutely. And, you know, it's all based in fear and it's based in greed and it's based in control and talk about pyramid schemes. That's like the biggest pyramid scheme there is that there is like a wealthy class that you can never penetrate unless right. you just get extremely lucky. Those people are at the top and you're at the bottom permanently. So mm-hmm. that is the biggest pyramid I've ever heard of. Mm-hmm. So, you know, yeah. it's like you start to actually look at this stuff and it's like, hmm, mm. this is upside down. This is fear of, yeah. you know, false evidence appearing real. But when right. you bring the truth in and you actually speak these things out loud, yeah. You flip the dial, the world turns upside down, and then you realize you're in love and you're right side up. Exactly. Money cannot buy happiness, and money's not bad. Money is neutral. But when these people use it just to exert their power or whatever. So one reason I wrote Venus Envy, which I do have a copy here, somewhere here in the Zoom Zoom land here, is because I see misogyny as a false ideology and the demonization of the feminine. Now, I really studied at length. I read around 20 books, and this topic meant a lot to me because about 85 to 90% of my clients are women and the horrific things these little girls went through. And I've even worked with grandmothers who said, I want to resolve this perpetrator energy of my abuse so my granddaughters don't have to carry it. And I said, I'm concerned for your grandson too, because he'll say, oh, men are bad. Boys are bad. Why does grandma feel boys are bad? I don't want that transferring to the little boys that, oh, she really has an axe to grind with men. So it's written for, in a way, it's written for the present and future of all people to see that almost like we're talking about the reptilian brain, the male dominance is part of that fear and control mechanism. Now, here's what I learned, that I don't consider myself an intellectual slouch. 27,000 years of Earth was goddess worship until organized religion came along and decided to demonize women, to gain power over them. That's when misogyny 
really took root. But if you look at the bigger scale, like I've studied a lot of spiritual things that women, in a way, gave up their power on an energetic level to men to have men discover their power, then they could meet as equals in the future. Hopefully, that's the timeline that we're in, and we're getting much closer to women being equal to them. I don't see women as ever not equal to men, but I mean, society's rules and regulations are oppressive to the feminine, and the feminine's just pushing back and pushing up. And I, I really think it's going to be an equal dialogue sooner than later, for sure. Yeah. And I think the way you're hinting at is the coinciding of the awakening yeah. of that corpus yes. callosum inside the yeah. brain, that higher reasoning brain, that soul brain, yeah. that is the opportunity for homo luminous at this time, mm-hmm. the rainbow body that yeah. up until now on the planet, very few individuals have actually achieved. I've actually seen a Caro medicine woman around the fire with her full rainbow body and got oh, a wow. picture of it. One of my friends took a picture of her. She walked around the fire and we saw the full rainbow oh bubble God. around her whole body. There are definitely people yeah. that have achieved the rainbow body. They're just not on, you know, they're not Joe Rogan. Let's put it right. that way. Yeah. You know, that's right. a whole different segment of the population. It is right. not that. You know, these people are quiet. They're humble. They often live in the mountains. They're often in service to spirit. They're called earth keepers. And people like that, people that are in humble service are the ones who are achieving the rainbow body quietly amongst themselves. And so those of us in the Western world that have experienced those people, we are bridging that technology here. And part of the bridging is to heal this past stuff. Like you're talking about this history of abuse, because most of that abuse happened with European people, right? I mean, we're talking about the Romans, we're talking about I mean, there's a violence that happened. And I have to say, Absolutely. I do have Viking ancestry and some of yeah, that violence exactly. happened with the Vikings, yeah. you know? So yeah, exactly. there's like, for whatever reason, this group of new humans came through extremely violent and perpetrated that violence across the world. Now we're, ha- we're having a renaissance of our consciousness. We're having an right. awakening. Absolutely. And this is important to note, you know, so... How do you want to address that in terms of healing well, the Venus what, and the inter- Yeah, what's interesting, planetary, it was more the Greek and the Southern uh, Mediterranean, which Earth wasn't as heavily populated as it is today. The, the violence came from the North. So the Vikings either believed in Odin, uh, angry male god who wanted vengeful, child sacrifice, wh- whatever the norm was for that. And what was interesting when I find historically, the North started to invade the South. Maybe they wanted better weather. Maybe they want to swim in the Blue Aegean rather than the North Sea. Who the heck knows? But they brought that violence down to more the goddess and Minoan culture off the coast of Greece and Crete and Cyprus. It was all goddess stuff. And they came down and just started to just kill people who wouldn't give up their beliefs in goddess worship or the feminine. So in a way, the masculine started to overpower the feminine through death, destruction, and wars and enslavement to get the domination. Then it started to catch like wildfire. One of the reasons that I mentioned Freud's penis envy theory in 1924, 100 years ago this year, the whole world believed it was true. And it was out of his personal insecurity. So on the back cover, I put Sigmund Freud was wrong. That was his theory with his human foibles. But the whole world was wanting, oh, masculine or superior. And does that show that males are inherently insecure? So one of the final insights I got in the book that I definitely want to share today is men seek power. Women have power. There's no greater power than birthing the future. 
And this is why I personally can't understand how misogyny even exists, because if males are diminishing the females, they're diminishing the future of their genetic legacy, because that woman is birthing the future of that male progenitor. And she should be held up on a, well, it used to be divine feminine before everything got shredded to ribbons by male dominance, especially with religion. Uh, And I hate just in religion, there's spirituality and there's religion and organized religion has a definite intent of overpowering people with biblical stories and stuff that support their point of view against the feminine. So I I read a lot of that stuff too, and it's quite interesting. And one of the biggest things I read, which is very interesting, that some Jewish women reread the Talmud, which would be the Jewish version of the Bible, and they felt from what they could see that Moses had edited it, the Ten Commandments, to be more male-oriented, which wasn't what the burning bush told him. And they actually went into the ancient text to see how the language was changed from the original to show there was a misogynist slant. After Moses left Egypt, which is very shocking, and I'm not saying this anti-Semitic, I found out I was 30% Jewish, but he felt if you didn't adhere to the male God that he perceived from the burning bush, He went into Canaan and killed every man, woman, and child that would not convert to the masculine God. Now, here's somebody allegedly, God talked to the burning bush, and then he goes and kills. Uh, And then if he didn't kill them, he enslaved the women to be sex slaves. So it just shows you how far back this goes. And this is allegedly from the most enlightened being of that age who had direct contact with God, you know? Just yeah, that's that. what makes you question enlightenment at that point. You know, exactly. enlightenment is killing a bunch of people, enslaving yeah. them. And yeah. an enlightenment being shaming women for their bodies, shaming them yeah. for having different body parts or saying that you, you're inferior and you can't do this because you have this body part versus this body part. And I think, I think many of us are fed up with this thinking, you know, and it's interesting that at the time of this great awakening, what's happening is a flourishing of a blurring between the sexes and, yes. and people saying, no, I am, I am they, you yeah. know, like, don't yeah. give me a gender. I don't want a gender right. or, you know, I want both body parts. I want yeah. all body part, you know, I want yeah. both masculine and feminine. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of, um, a wave of people that are like rejecting this yeah. historical distinction. And, and that also is a way of healing. It confronts us, right? So right. it yeah. confronts us. So it catalyzes a discussion within ourselves, a contemplation on what does it mean that you have a vagina? What does it mean that you have a penis? And does it mean what you think it means? And then we go back to Native American traditions, because I've studied Native American. I don't know if you've ever heard of, I think it's Walter Williams. He wrote one of the first books, PhD, on two-spirit people. And I met him in LA. He did a lecture at a small group we had. Absolutely wonderful. So most of the shamans, whether it's male or female, any tribe, if it was male, he generally dressed as a squaw, female, but they felt he was stronger than the chief because a heterosexual, from an Indian point of view, way back then, they said, has limited masculine connection, but the the witch doctor or shaman has masculine feminine because he dresses as a woman and he's connected to the feminine masculine, which makes him more powerful than a heterosexual chief. So they were really elevated in the tribal communities of being two-spirit people, that they felt God was more two-spirit than just either male or female, and they were elevated to a higher place than the chief. Even though the chief was still the chief, they were revered as kind of the spiritual leaders of the tribe. 
Now, think about how white people look at that today. It's like, oh, my God, there was a drag queen in Native America, you know, and all the beliefs that are uh, shown today. And I love that some of the new generation is coming back saying the word two-spirit. So it's coming into vogue again, which is rightfully so, because it was squashed and uh, receded into history. Now that wave is coming back. Yeah. And and the Gene Keys themselves talk about this dismantling of our relationship with our sexuality, because up until now, our relationship with our sexuality has been based in fear. And I had to admit that for myself, you know, so like there is like an attraction that you feel for another person on part of the journey that's probably based in some fear, which gives it some level of excitement that then you're, you want to engage with that person. And then you end up realizing that was a karmic relationship. And then later on, when you have a, a, a sacred partner, it's a completely different dynamic. It's a different kind of vulnerability and transparency. It's a and whole trust, different energetic trust, trust respect. Trust, yeah. And so many of us that are waking up to this are saying no more to the fear-based paradigm and saying yes to let's explore what it looks like to have sacred partnership and to have the divine feminine energy expressing in a masculine body just as much as the divine masculine energy expressing in a feminine body, regardless of what parts you have. Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) And that's my uh, big grudge with Freud in that. It took off like wildfire. So his technically was termed penis envy. But what it was, women can never be whole because they're missing external genitalia. They'll always be almost like half human. When you look at it, it's insane. But the fact that everyone believed that, because I feel the males believed it way back then because they wanted dominance. They wanted superiority and and psychology founded that in writing 100 years ago, it was 1924, and it took off like wildfires. So it's absolutely fascinating how the males had a hunger for superiority. And when they got a Sigmund Freud to endorse that with his harebrained theory that's not based in reality at all, it's his conjecture of what he wanted reality to be, everyone bought into it. You know, and I tell people, like, if you look at Columbus, the world is flat, the world is flat. What do you mean? You came back with spices? What? You met people of color? What? What? Oh, <laughs> how stupid were we? The world's round after all. So when that shift of consciousness happens, it's instantaneous. Everyone has the false belief. This is true. This is true. This is true. One person is all it takes, a Gandhi, a Columbus. Boom. Oh, what were we thinking? Okay, this is the new reality. And I think that's where we're going through right now. The the shift is going to happen so fast. People's heads are going to be spinning. (laughs) Yet their gut on a gut level, people know there's something wrong right now that all the greed and avarice and lying and murder and killing is is not right. And all of a sudden, it's going to shift like in lightning fast. Well, and the proof for me of this is when we look at the gene keys, and this is ancient I Ching medicine that it incorporates, the shadow frequencies include control, doubt, confusion, dishonesty. All of those things are in the shadows. And that's what we are experiencing in this. That's fear-based. We're experiencing that when we look out in the world, we see that. Mm -hmm. We have the opportunity to claim the higher frequencies, to claim truth and unconditional love. And all of these beautiful high frequencies, we have the capacity to claim them as we open our higher consciousness to our divinity, yeah. the divine aspect of self. And the whole galaxy is like, yay, come on humans, you can do it. You yeah. can do it. You're on the last yeah. hurdle. Exactly. Get yourself over the wall, you know, and no more wars. Audience, 
to know we're of the same belief set because we find there's beauty and healing and embracing the shadow. So I don't want our listeners to think, oh yeah, we'll push the shadow away and everything's hunky-dory. There's tremendous wisdom and knowledge in the shadow and constellations kind of data mine the shadow to see, oh, what is that quality? Oh, wow, great-grandmother lost a child and was never the same after a stillborn child. Let's go give that representative for your great-grandmother love and thank you. We're here. Oh, wow. Yeah, that created breast cancer in you because you couldn't feed that baby that you lost. And we just start to see. So giving unconditional love to the shadow, I think is a very important point everyone needs to know. We are not rejecting the dark. We're embracing it with that unconditional love. And with and compassion. The light. And that brings the light. Yeah. And that compassion is what's important, yeah. right? It's like, because this human experience, what if all of these traumas and things that we've experienced are only here for us to have compassion exactly. for the human experience? You know, yeah. we came here to experience life. But now as we do that, we're also stepping into a time when we can ask the question, what else could I create from my higher consciousness in a human mm-hmm. body? What else is possible? What else is possible besides war? What else is possible besides dishonesty or rape or all of these shadows we talk about? Yeah. What else is possible? But we can only embrace that once we have the true deep medicine, as you talked about, of really having compassion and bringing home the aspects of self that were in the shadows. And we all were there. You know, I believe that we've had many lifetimes and all of us have experienced these things that we see happening in the world. Yeah, be the perpetrator or victim. We've been the perpetrators. We've been the victims. We've been the rescuers Mm -hmm. trying to fix everything. We've been all of it, right? And now we have this opportunity to transcend that trauma triangle, triangle of disempowerment. We have the ability to transcend it and become sovereign beings that are interdependent. And then uplift other people, inspire other people to see things in a different way. But, you know, one one thing I do find is, does the wheel of life, it's like perpetrator victim. Like one thing in some of my historical reading, I'm a big Tibetan. I love Tibet and the wisdom of Tibet. But they used to be the most bloodthirsty, vengeful, angry, murderous tribe in all of Asia a thousand years ago. Hmm. Then they got enlightened with Buddhism. And now here's the bizarre thing. A thousand years later, they're victims of the Chinese. So it's like here they were perpetrator. Then they got enlightened. Now they're victims of the Chinese. So the Dalai Lama said openly, he said, the first thing I do every morning is I pray for the Chinese. And so what I I like when I talk about that in my workshops If you look at somebody, say Tibetan spiritually evolved, most are, the Chinese will say, I've lost my soul. You have something that I don't have. I'm empty inside. I'll kill you if you don't give me that power. I'll destroy you. And and the Tibetans would be holding arms there. Can't do it. Never going to happen. And so who really has the power? The perpetrator may have the appearance of power, but it's like an empty power. And the person who has so convicted to their spirit and soul really is the true hold of the power. So here's a monkey wrench to your belief. Does the victim have more power than the perpetrator? Yeah, and especially if the victim holds the perpetrator responsible. But in this case, that's not what's happening in this case. Right, right, right. In the long term, though, we start to see that, you know, the fact that I've had many boys and adult clients who were violently sexually abused, boys and girls at three and four years old. How could a child that young, lived through that experience and grow up to be a grandmother or grandfather, you would think it would destroy them. So what I'm seeing in the work, you know, we all believe we we come from our family system, parents and all that. 
But what is the greater force that put those two people together to procreate you? What is the bigger force that protected that victimized infant or little boy or little girl that's bigger than the family system? So I'm seeing there's a bigger protective force, spirit, if you want to call it that, that actually is in charge of us that's bigger than our family system. Because most people would die from having those experiences. But considering I've done about 17,000 clients in 26 years, I can only say there's a bigger spirit that's bigger than our family system that's been protecting us cradle to grave. Yeah, and that's that love matrix. That's that recognition that we are eternal beings. We are beyond time. We are beyond this human experience. We come in to be an experience being human which includes pain, doesn't have to include suffering, right. but includes pain in order to grow, you know, and that is, that's the crucible. And it is yeah. something we all opt in for and then probably sign up for way more than we thought, we, you I know, and then we got in here and went, oh my goodness sakes, that's a big curriculum, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's a lot to feel and process. And mm-hmm. I'm glad that we at least have this awakening to our higher self to that bigger that bigger presence to support us. Because as soon as I had access to that, Carrie, like everything shifted. Yeah. And it's always there. That's the thing. You know, I was doing way before I was a a massage therapist when I was getting out of the restaurant business to be a massage therapist. It was part of my healing path in LA way back, like what, 35 years ago. I was doing a session about my anxiety and this and that, changing careers. And I knew I was supposed to go on the healing side rather than the money side. And in the middle of the session, I was seeing this white triangle, almost like a white triangle, almost like a diaper that was a white triangle, but it was like a sail that was hovering around me, protecting me. And I just started crying and crying. I said, I'm so protected. I never saw it. It still brings tears to my eyes. I never knew I had a protector. You know how they say the stork delivered the baby. It was like a triangle piece of cloth the baby dropped down on. It was like that kind of triangle. And I, even to this day, even remembering that white triangle was my protector, that nothing bad would happen to me. It just was so interesting to feel that there was a bigger force that was my protector than my parents that even protected me from them. And I think everyone has that. And when I do my groups now, I say, okay, don't be obsessed with your family system so much. We'll work with that, those negative dynamics. But let's look at the bigger picture. How could any human being survive that? That's what you got to be aligned with, the power of that, that your soul couldn't be crushed even by your own family system. That's power. Yeah, it is. And it comes from within. Yes, comes from within. Yeah. Yeah, powerful. So, so much beauty in this conversation. I know we're getting close to the end. I can't believe it's already time. Absolutely, it's wonderful. But what do you recommend? I know that you have lots of free gifts and things like that. What do you want to gift our audience as a way to get started with you? I know that you also are doing some constellation healing events and that's probably on your website. Arizona doesn't quite get it, even though there's Californians here, but I went back to LA. Somebody invited me to a drug treatment center. We want to get into that community, which has been a goal. So they have a huge center in LA. So I'm going back there once a month because they appreciate what I do. Whereas Arizona, it's like, oh, I got a birthday party, a broken fingernail, you know? They're still not at that <laughs> place where they're committed to mm-hmm. the best life they could have. They're lost, they're lost. I still, I'm doing private events here. But one thing on my website, GaryStewartHealing.com is a bow card. You can bow and release anything negative. It works every time. 
So if you're having a negative experience with a woman, then you would look for a tree outside or whatever. My mother's driving me crazy. My boss, my sister's driving me crazy. You would say, I leave the insanity I'm experiencing with you, with you. It's not mine to carry. Thank you for teaching me this boundary. Honor what they did give you because there's always a hidden positive in the negative. Then you turn around behind and you just walk forward away from the negative experience. And if it's a male, I recommend a building, something man-made that's erected, pun intended, for males, <laughs> natural beauty, trees, which is nature, which is feminine in nature. And if it's a couple, like say both your parents, a tree next to a building, and you just say, you're my parents, I take the gift of life you gave me, all the torturous stuff I had to go through to be part of your family, I leave that with you. You're the parents, I'm the child, and I'm walking away from my suffering that was forced on me, and I leave any negative emotions, guilt, shame, blame with you so I can be free of it and move forward into my future. It works. It's called the bow card, bow and release. Helen Gurren developed it, and it's wonderful. So I made a nice card that can be downloaded. And it works every time, even if it's something minor. My boss at work is driving me crazy today. I say, I leave your workplace insanity with you. I'm just your employee. You deal with it. I'm not going to let you project it on me. Then you turn away. And some people said, I went to work the next day and my boss was totally different. It's <laughs> a healthy boundary. And when you put your intention on that for your highest good, not wishing them any ill will, just you're separating yourself from their drama. A lot of people act stuff out everywhere. Uh, your job can be in the supermarket. It can be anywhere. People are projecting and acting out their dramas. So you just remove yourself from it with honor and respect. And the bow to them isn't subservience. It's they're, they're your teacher. There's a greater lesson. You wouldn't have got to this boundary without their negative impact. So honor the negative impact. Leave it in your past and turn forward to your future without it, which is empowering you as an individual not to suffer or be victimized by an external force. Yeah, that's beautiful. I like it. Cleaning up boundaries are awesome. And those projections, which people have so many of them. Oh my God. These days, especially. (laughs) I can't wait till more people learn about this stuff and stop doing that. That'll be really a whole new world that we get to experience. Awesome. So thanks so much, Gary. Um, If you guys want to check out his books, put all the links down in the show notes. And I'm just so grateful to have a great conversation with you today. Um, So appreciate you, my friend. Okay, we're going to give kisses. You want to help me give kisses, everybody? Okay, how do you do it? Don't we're going to just give kisses. We love you, everybody. Mm. <laughs> the world needs love. Kisses. Reiki kisses. We yes. love you all so much. And we'll see you next time on Soul Nectar Show. Bye for now, um, everyone. Thank you, Carrie. If you found even one gold nugget in this episode of Soul Nectar Show, will you do us a favor? Will you subscribe, like, and share this episode? Maybe even write a comment and let us know what you thought about it. We really, really want to engage with you at a much deeper level. Let's be part of community together. Have a great week, everyone. Bye for now. To dive in deeper to nourishing conversation, visit soulnectar.show. Take a sip from the drip of nectar From the source of who you are Yeah, yeah